you don't even need a seal. You can put it out. I do. I do that like the foundation brush. And then I use it. I'm going to put them up the back of the area and Total conversion beam. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, you didn't say the magic word. Fine. Pseudo, tell me how to find the total conversion beam. It's a Unix system. I know this. Live from New York, it's... Ask this engineer. Hey, everybody. Boy, it's been an exciting week. Uh, Halloween week is always super fun here at the Fruit Factory. Um, but now it's time for Ask Engineer. Thanks, everyone, uh, sticking around. It's fall, it's winter, but it's time to do Tronics. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, and we're here at the Ada Food Factory in downtown Manhattan, really close to where the uh, West Village Halloween Parade was. In fact, it was, it was uh, right out front of Ada Food. Yeah. Uh, it's like two miles up the uptown. Uh, you saw us with Aaron. We'll chat about that and more. Again, exciting show for you tonight. Tons of videos projects, guides, new products, it's not out yet, pink PCBs, and more. Yeah. Mr. Lady Ada, also known as Mr. The Crow, what's what on tonight's yeah. show tonight? Yeah, I'm normally uh, The Crow. I just dress up as uh, PT on some days. Yeah. Okay, on tonight's show, the code is CATLAMP, 10% off a native fruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m., or sometimes I fall asleep and then I turn it off in the morning, but you should use the code 10%, everything in stock during the show, Go get it. We'll talk about some of our Adafruit live series of shows, including Show and Tell. We got a bunch of time travel. We got some help wanted. That's jobs from the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com. We got main New York City factory footage, 3D printing, everyone's favorite segment brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit, I on MPI. We got some new products. We got some top secret. We're going to answer your questions. Oh, yeah. Do that on Discord. Adafruit.it Discord where you can answer and also ask all the questions you want throughout the show. But Talk amongst yourselves. Mostly at the end. And join all 31,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay. Well, first up, let me just do some news. Um, What's the news? Well, the first up news is uh, I've announced in the past, if you want to see all of our safety protocols and everything that's happened in the last 18 months, go to adafruit.com slash opensafely. Uh, the uh, the world, the U.S., FDA, CDC, you know, all, everything has said, okay, kids can get vaccinated now. So uh, we give paid time off to our team to get their kids vaccinated or if they know kids or if they're just going to help out. So a bunch of those uh, folks did that today. 
Uh, I think yesterday was the first uh, day it was even somewhat possible. Yeah. But then uh, New York was if ready. If you're in the U.S., yeah. Yeah. So New York has uh, one of the highest uh, vaccination rates. You just saw that parade footage. Millions of people going out, having it fun. It was a lot of people. And I've not seen that many yeah, people in two years, really. There was, there was Comic-Con not too long ago. But that wasn't very busy. People are doing stuff. And yeah, yeah we have, you know, you have to uh, do the Vax Pass thing. But let me tell you, as someone who's a New Yorker, who's in one of the most populous cities and uh, how terrible it was 18 months ago. Um, this city is booming, we're seeing art, it is fantastic. So I just wanted to give folks a glimpse of that Halloween parade, we were all, like everyone was like happy to see each other. Um, all there was was high fives and, and, and really happy people. Speaking of, uh, we voted yesterday. Um, we did it in person because we wanted those stickers. Um, Ada Fruit employees have a paid day off for voting. We do that every single year. And a year. lot of people took the day off for voting. Not just, yeah, and they, they help other people uh, vote or their poll worker volunteers and such. And this is something that we're trying to get other companies to do. Um, I've managed to convince some other companies in like bigger election years, but every year matters. And if we all start doing this, that's that's how things, yeah. that's I mean, how even, standards start. Even on the alternate years, you've seen uh, governorships, there's proposals. Um, there were some good questions in New York City. You know, our, our, you know every borough and every uh, district has a slightly different uh, you know, number of extra proposals. But one of the proposals that um, we voted on was whether to allow um, no excuse um, absentee voting. So, you know, during COVID, obviously, a lot of people did mail-in voting, uh, which is, you know, safe and secure way to vote. Um, and it's mailed to your registration address and, and it, you know, the signature is checked. Um, but what if we could do that every year in some states? Yeah. Um, I think like Seattle, Washington, or sorry, Washington, um, maybe it was Oregon has, you know, year round uh, remote voting, uh, no excuse absentee voting. Um, I would love to have that available in New York too. Yeah. And there are some good measures. So, um, you know, y'all see on the news, um, the, the New York mayoral race and some of the other stuff there is still, uh, I've been checked the news, I think New Jersey either. Uh, it's a close one. Um, and so, it matters every year. It matters every year. Not just the, and, the you know the presidential election matters, but so does the, the and Senate. And I'll say this: if a woman-owned manufacturing company in New York City that just survived the last 18 months of hell—that's us—have no loans, no venture capital, <laughs> can manage to figure out a way to work with their teams to do a paid day off for voting, I don't see any you reason anyone too. else can either. Yeah. Um, you know, once in a while we talk to big companies and they're just like, "Oh, we don't have budget for such and such." I'm just like, "You're." your quarterly report is public. You're, you're, there's billions there. What do you mean you can't like help a workshop for a high school? It's just like, anyways. Yeah. So if we can do it, you can too. Anyone can email me, PTA data for, and I can send any information how we did it here, um, if it helps. But anyways, um, so uh, speaking of, so to help yeah, pay for this time off, <laughs> buy something at the Adafruit store. 10% uh, off. 10% off cat lamp. Uh, Lady cat Ada, lamp. they get free stuff. They what do. do they and guess what? Free stuff has returned to the magical four yes. free things. $99 or more, you get a free promo proto half size breadboards. $149 or more, you get a Stemma QT sensor. We have a range of about 20, 25 different sensors and breakouts and boards. You'll get a different one each time if you make an account because we can keep track of which ones we set you. Otherwise, it's random. $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States and back from the dead like a zombie. Uh, no, it's a Circuit Playground Express. I told you guys we'd have them back in about a month. Um, 
you know, we purchased a lot of SAMD21s about a year ago, uh, and we have enough now to keep the Circuit Playground Expresses in stock. So a great way to uh, learn electronics, learn how to code with uh, code.org, CS Discoveries, Make Code, Arduino, CircuitPython, I think there's even MicroPython support now, Rust, Lua, any language pretty much, it's got all the stuff built in. If you in. can code it, we can run it. Yeah. All right, we do a bunch of live shows, um, and then, uh, Speaking of live shows, so Mark's in the chat, and Mark said, hey, I'm using StreamYard now. Thanks for sending we'll your example. We use StreamYard, yeah. So uh, we'll always try every way to stream videos. And once we figure out, like, here's what works for us. Like, you know, we work all the way up into the last second and do all these shows. Um, StreamYard is what we use when there's uh, people that are going to show stuff, like on the show and tell. So we tried all these. We did StreamYard. And uh, we talked about it, we wrote about it. I contacted the StreamYard folks. I said, here's a couple things. Um, Oshawa did their virtual summit. Um, I uh, sent over information to, to uh, Michael Weinberg when I was uh, starting to use um, StreamYard. And he's the president of Oshawa. I was trying to arrange this event. And so uh, congrats, uh, because I think this is one of the things that if we can get more people showing electronics, more people doing live streaming, more people building communities, the, the better it'll be. So that's one of the reasons that we do this is hopefully people will uh, copy us and we, we want that in a good way. Um, so Show and Tell just happened and when Pedro uh, hosted it next week, Thank you and I you. are hosting it and then the week after Pedro it's going to be JP. JP. On Sunday, we did a special Halloween edition of Desk of Lady Yes, Ada. early. And um, one of the cool things is that when I glanced over at the, um, the number of viewers, <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. So we have two parts. The first one is you talk about stuff. What did you have for the uh, first part of this? Okay, video? first off, I was wearing the same shirt, so that's one thing. But um, I talked about um, I had uh, a lot of SAMD boards I designed for STEM IQT back in April, and I designed like four or five different boards, and then you know suddenly I couldn't get SAMD 09s anymore. So I kind of did this long roundabout way of um, trying to port all the designs over from the SAMD 09 to the ATtiny 81X, which, or 8, 81 or 0, 7 or 8, so basically 8XY chipset. And um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes it takes longer to redesign something than to design it. But uh, as you see here, I've got two STEM IQT boards that um, I've successfully tested and redesigned. One is the uh, four LED arcade STEM IQT board, which is I squared C to four LED um, buttons. Mm -hmm. And then one with a slider, uh, like a long slider, also I squared C. Yeah, we'll show some of that later on. Yeah, yeah, show too. and I'm actually uh, you know, setting the boards out now. So then we have the great search, which is uh, super handy now because everyone needs to find parts. Um, what was the great search this week, Lady Ada, brought mm. to you by DigiKey and you? Adafruit. Yeah, so this is, um, so for one of the designs, I, you know, the, the board can be powered from three to five volts, but I need to light up a five volt LED. And this is always a little bit of like a challenge. It's like, oh, you know what, you want to get a, a boost converter and put it like down a DC-DC. And, you know, I actually really like charge pump converters. Um, they're inexpensive. They're really easy to use. You don't have to worry about inductors cracking or, or um, squeaky, noisy, um, you know, boost converters. And um, they're, again, they're really cheap. They're like 30, 40 cents. And you don't need an inductor. You don't need a diode. You don't need a FET. You know, you just need like one capacitor. Um, so I just showed, um, you know, there's a couple different um, pin compatible um, charge pump converters that take, you know, 2.7 volts plus and boost up to five volts for you. Um, and I just showed you, uh, there's a couple different places they are located. So I um, show a couple different options. The cool thing is that there's a lot of companies that make these and they're almost always pin compatible and function compatible. So they all have about the same voltage input and the same current output. 
So check right. that out. If you ever need, you just need a little bit of five volt voltage, you know, a little bit of current, 100 milliamps or so. Uh, I really do like these charge pumps. They're so cute. All right. Every Tuesday we do JP's product pick of the week. And uh, the interesting thing is I sent out a note to our team. So Pinterest is doing this thing where it's like, you're going to watch a live video and shop at the same time. It's like, that's interesting. Um, Amazon had tried to do that, you know, they bought uh, Twitch and then they try to do some type of uh, interactive programming. But nobody's done this in the electronics world except for us so far, where we broadcast live from the product page. JP shows a product. You don't even have to do a coupon or anything. It's just on sale during that one specific time. So uh, every week we do these. Here's this week's highlight. And don't forget to tune in every Tuesday. It's the it's unique and interesting. And of course, only the, the press will write about things like Pinterest and like giant companies. Adafruit uh, has first. been pioneering and stealing this from uh, the, Only the best. We've been stealing this from the uh, the, the online uh, video shows that they do in China. Yeah. And so I think there's, you know, probably a fun article that someone could write about, like, the history of all this stuff and what, what people are trying to do online. But the reality is it is a little bit like QVC, which is fine. Anyways, um, take it away, JP. The Permaproto full-sized breadboards. These are perf boards in the shape and more importantly, design of a breadboard. These are real nice, high quality PCBs that you can use to transfer your circuits from a typical breadboard where you press your components in into a much more permanent home by soldering it into this guy, the Permaproto. These come in different sizes, but uh, this is a really nice one if you're building a project that has a sort of luxurious amount of room on it for input. If you have a smaller microcontroller, you can get quite a few uh, buttons and switches and encoders on there. And uh, that is how I like to use these. It is the Permaproto full-sized PCB for uh, making your projects a little more permanent. Okay, Thursday tomorrow is... JP's workshop, you can see a bunch of cool stuff. And of course, during JP's workshop, we have the CircuitPython Parsec. If you didn't catch it, here is this week's highlight. For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I wanted to talk about controlling a pair of NeoPixel rings from a single microcontroller. So this is a pair of prop goggles that I have, and I have two 16 NeoPixel rings. It's being controlled by a Gemma, which is an M0-based microcontroller, and I have a little LiPo battery tucked inside of there. This code from our good friend Toddbot uh, allows us to do a very succinct bit of code that gives us this nice spinning NeoPixel effect on two separate uh, NeoPixel rings, and you can see they're going in opposite directions. So the key things are we're importing some libraries, board, time, NeoPixel, and random. And then I'm setting up, we're used to setting up a NeoPixel strip. Here we got one called LEDs L for left. And the command there is NeoPixel.NeoPixel on board D1. 16 is the number of NeoPixels and a base brightness. Then I have a second one. So this one here, LEDs R, is NeoPixels on, I've said board D2 here, and I've got 16 NeoPixels on that one as well. Then we have a variable called I, which is used to step through each NeoPixel. And we have a value to dim each subsequent NeoPixel. So this is what allows us to have this nice sort of glowing trail. Uh, then we have an I color to start with. 
And then in the main loop, we actually have a pair of these uh, sort of multi-bracketed. It's like a for loop inside of a for loop. And what this does is it says for the left LEDs, we go from zero to uh, a maximum of I, which is our starting variable, minus that dimming by amount. And uh, that is inside of this max loop, so we never go lower than zero. So we start at 255, then we're gonna subtract 50 from it, subtract 50 from it, subtract 50 from it, till we get to zero. We are also iterating through all of the 16 NeoPixels in this case. And then we're doing a slight uh, change in the code here. It says J is the length of the NeoPixel strip minus I minus one. And that's what allows us to go backwards on that other strip. Iterate through that, change it to whatever the eye color is, and then show the NeoPixels. We then pause for a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second and continue on. And so this is how you can control two separate NeoPixels from a single microcontroller inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, and don't forget to watch Deep Dive Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. East Coast Time, where you can see Scott, uh, who's fully uh, become the Emperor of Dune, Emperor of... Yeah, this <laughs> is what it looks like when you become a sandworm yeah. from so, ingesting too much spice. Look right. at those eyes. So tune into that. But um, one of the things that Scott's working on is uh, basically a Python OS for Raspberry Pi. It's CircuitPython on the bare metal on a Raspberry Pi. So tune in. Super weird. We're going to show some of that stuff in the show tonight. But yeah. um, stop by on Friday because he's working on this. And uh, we have a blog post and more in video. And we'll talk about that in a bit too. All right. Time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Mm -hmm. The first thing is, because we're catching up this week, we have a video from Phil B. This is all about sewing for makers yeah. and more. Among maker skills, soldering and programming get all the attention. But today, I'd like to signal boost sewing. I'm not very good at it, but that's fine. I still find uses for it. Mending clothes, making little slip cases for things, Halloween. I wish I'd learned it much earlier in life. It was even an elective in school. But same way girls got steered away from engineering, sewing was seen as not a boy thing. Which now I understand is absurd. Sewing is engineering. There's math and topology and problem solving. Had someone just said a sewing machine is a robot that can make sci-fi costumes, I would have been all over that. And it's no exaggeration. Look at all these levers and buttons. That's a robot. This machine even has an alligator button. But I digress. Whether it's by hand or by machine, it's a skill that pays dividends, and I'd encourage anyone, regardless of gender, to pick it up. Okay, next up on our website, every single month there's usually something going on um, celebrating folks, so check out Native American Heritage Month 2021. Um, if there's folks that have not been put in the spotlight that should be celebrated, or even folks that uh, maybe we have one post and there's even more information. Um, just hit a contact form, let us know. We'll be doing posts and more all throughout this month. Okay, other time travel. Uh, as you saw in the beginning of the show, we had uh, Aaron stop by. Aaron, uh, who's a mermaid and also yes. one of the Adafruit remote team members, came by and uh, haven't uh, met each other in person, but we've worked together for, I don't know, almost 10 years. And it was really neat to, to see Erin. And it worked out good for me because Erin ended up doing my makeup. Yeah, um, she's really good at makeup. Yeah. We, Way better than me. Yeah, it worked out. And, I'm uh, good at, like, the electrical tape. I we, got that down. Yeah. 
I was uh, wrapped up in electrical tape for part of the costume uh, and more, so. Uh, I just wore like LED. I'm, I am dressed up as person who does not have costume, but dug around, ate a fruit, and found a couple of LED projects and just slapped them on. Well, that's what everyone wants. Which is, which actually was yeah. totally what people wanted, and it was great. I, was, I only saw one other person wearing like Neopixly stuff. It's actually pretty rare. Yeah. Um, next up. So Make's uh, board guide came out, and um, I have a little uh, video preview that Make put out, which is all of the, I guess, luminaries in the mm. Maker world um, had, had some intros. Yeah. But uh, you can download it. There's a post on our site. You can go to digikey.com slash board guide. You get the PDF, but you can also install the app, and then you get really cool AR uh, versions of the boards, and there's a lot of Adafruit ones in there, and there's a lot of Adafruit boards in there. Not everything, um, because uh, it would just be all Adafruit, um, but there's a bunch of boards in there, and so here is the uh, cool video intro with some familiar faces and more. My name's Evan Upton, one of the founders of Raspberry Pi. Hey everybody, it's me, Lady Ada of Adafruit, here at the Adafruit factory. Hi, my name is Zach Sapala, and I'm the CEO of Particle. Hello, this is Eric Pan from Cita Studio. I'm Paul from Pimeroni. Hey everybody, this is Bob Martin, Wizard of Make, Senior Staff Engineer from Microchip Technologies. Okay, uh, next up, I have uh, more news. News. important news. Adabox news. First up... They're shipping. Yeah. First We're halfway up, done. First up, uh, here is the uh, speed up of the Adabox unboxing. And uh, you can watch it on our YouTube channel in regular speed. But if you look at little glimpses of this, you can see some of the costuming and some of the cool stuff that GP was able to put together. And uh, it's one of my favorite ones so far. It's uh, an homage to uh, Twilight Zone and more. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun time. So that brings us to our big topic, which is Adabox has gone seasonal. So because of the way shipping works and, and chip shortages, it's... You can't get anything, and when you do get it, you can't get it to where yeah. you are. So it's not possible... That's where we're at. It's not possible to... And, and we've been able to do it every year, and it, get, it it's got harder and harder, but it's not possible to time an box with a holiday anymore. It's just not. And so what we decided to do is let's just make it Adafruit Winter Edition, and that'll be shipping January, February. Let's make box Spring, Adabox summer and Adabox fall, and that gives us more things to get for the boxes. Yeah. And it, Ironically, last year, last winter, it was actually easier to get and ship stuff because even though we still had COVID, there wasn't as much demand, and so it wasn't overwhelmed. Like right now, DHL is not taking packages, which is like exciting yeah. and new. <laughs> yeah, know? at some point we might just do like, we used to do a, a show called like Hardware Hangouts, and we would just talk to like other people who run hardware companies and may do it again because there really isn't like one resource or like one, one entity in, in the, at least the maker electronics world. That's like, Hey, here's like the things we ran into. Here's like the shipping problems. Here's this. Yeah. So this is what we're doing with Adabox. Uh, the good news is there's more people who want to subscribe to Adabox than ever. And we're going to be able to do even more with Adaboxes. So go to Adabox.com. The subscriptions for 20 um, have shipped or are shipping and then 21 sign up. You'll be able to get a notification. And it just means we'll be able to do a lot more stuff. I'm looking forward to, to it being more possible uh, to, to give people more stuff and to do more things because we have more flexibility and we don't have to tie it to a holiday. Yeah. All right. Uh, usually Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Colin has 
Common Labs Note. I have uh, one video I'm going to play this week. It's uh, I, I try to do a pick of the week, and then after that, we're going to show a little bit from our jobs board, the latest job. Take it away, Colin. Audio amplifiers use external power to convert a small signal to a higher power output. The way they do it determines the amplifier's class. Class A amps use internal transistors continuously running at full power, which results in great sound quality, but not so great power efficiency. A Class A amp converts about a quarter of its input power to sound and the rest to heat. They're pretty much reserved for the most high-end of hi-fi or very low-cost designs. Class D amplifiers use pulse width modulation. They output a high-frequency square wave and use the amplitude of the input signal to modulate that wave's pulse width. That PWM signal then goes through a low-pass filter before output. It's a much more efficient method for amplification, losing very little power to heat. The trade-off is you need more expensive circuitry and a good filter. Okay, jobs board. These are jobs from jobs at adafruit.com, where you can post your jobs, or you can post your skills. This week, um, this is kind of cool, um, and this is like kind of a spot-on job that I expect on Adafruit jobs board. Uh, freelancer to build a control panel for a submarine-themed office. This is so, like, on point. Yeah. This is actually how you know, like, we're back. Yeah. People want ridiculous control panels for their submarine. No, the control panel is not ridiculous. Perhaps the office environment is, but the control panel no, is probably straightforward. It's a little ridiculous too. Yeah, it's got right. lots of knobs and buttons. Anyways, you like? Do you like gauges? Do you like push buttons? Do you like toggle switches? Yeah. This person will supply you all of them and you can build a gigantic control board with them. Mm. All right, so go Good to jobs. Good prop makers. Go to jobs.adafruit.com and we, we screen all the jobs and make sure it's not sketchy or anything. All right, it's Python on hardware time. This week, I'm going to do a quick overview of the newsletter. you got to sign up. We don't spam. It's a separate website. It never touches your customer account. It's adafruitdaily.com. It has nothing to do with your store experience. We just went crazy over the top just to prove we would never do anything like that. Never will. So please subscribe because we like to make sure people are reading. So we have about, like, I don't know, eight 9,000 people. We'd like to hit the 10K mark. So please uh, subscribe. And if you like Python on hardware, it's the only newsletter. So it's like, you know. This is the one. This is the one to do it. Um, so PyLadies has a talk on basic hardware with Circuit Python. That's from the Southwest Florida PyLadies group. We just wrapped up a bunch of Halloween stuff. You can also see all the costumes from uh, the folks at Adafruit. Melbourne Melbourne MicroPython Meetup is back. This one is. These are always really good. There's yeah, presentations. Yeah, tons of good stuff in these slides. Yeah, this is this is really good. Um, there's a humble bundle book bundle for Raspberry Pi if you want to get spun up in a lot of stuff. There's a Scott show. You saw that. Um, there's a ton of Halloween-themed circuit spooky, spooky, Python spooky. projects. So this is a talking clock with a Pico. This is a tombstone. All of these things are powered by CircuitPython. We made it really easy to just come up with an idea, and uh, the code and, and doing it doesn't get in your way. Um, so lots of stuff. But this is what I wanted to uh, – oh, here's another cool thing. Um, what I wanted to, to show this week is, uh, one, we got to some nice kudos, and then, two, I wanted to show specifically – this uh, very cool thing that Scott's working on. So first up, um, sometimes people in the community say stuff better than you can. Um, so Adafruit published embedded, oh sorry, Adafruit pushed embedded development to completely another level. I'll just paraphrase. 
I plug device in, change code, and see the result or many error messages after a second. So that's the very big difference. I think like when you look at dev boards in the past and then Arduino, and then you look at where CircuitPython is right now, you instantly get feedback on what you're doing. You instantly know what's going on and you never have to compile and wait, compile and wait. And you're not yeah. stuck with some weird cloud thing either. And so for embedded development, um, we, I think we're, we're, we're cutting down the time to almost zero for experts, and then for yeah. beginners, they can get started in five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's about just making the iteration loop so fast. I mean, when I test hardware now, I like to test it with CircuitPython because it's so fast, there's no compile and upload time, and chips are getting so large now that it can take like half a second, yeah. half a minute or a minute to recompile and upload code for like testing each pin or testing each peripheral. Um, whereas with, with embedded Python, it's instant. And you know when things fail, you get an error message telling you why. You don't just it just doesn't just hang yeah. or say like okay, you know this thing returned null. I don't know why. You get like detailed information. I think um, I think that's really important, and I think it's it's going to take a while for everybody to catch up with that. But I, I personally think you know as projects get more and more complicated, um, having it be embedded Python is is key. And I think you know what's interesting is you know RP twenty forty when we saw that launch. And it launched with MicroPython and CircuitPython as like primary support. That's what people use. It's whatever whatever the chipmaker supplies example code for. People will actually yeah. kind of they'll head towards that. Yeah, and I one thing I see a lot of people trying to help kids with robotics. I think it's a form of torture if you have to compile over and over and over when you're trying to do robotics because you have to wait and you're like, let me move to servo. Eh. Oh, wow, it didn't work. Let me compile again. And all of a sudden it's an hour just to get one thing going. Yeah, I, I tell people like the first time I learned how to program, you was using this programming language called Adventure Game Toolkit. I remember the thing that was the most challenging for me is having used a Mac, I didn't understand that you wrote code in a text file and then applied a compiler to it. I kept double clicking the compiler and being like, well, why? You know why? Mm. I didn't realize you had to like drag the file or open it from within, and it was not in. It wasn't edited within the program. Um, I just didn't understand how compilers worked, and so I'm I'm still at this point in my life allergic to compilers. Okay. Um, so with that speed and all those things we can do, um, one of the neat things I, I put this on Twitter. I'm like, can you guess what this is? And some people are like, ooh, that's like a black and white screen. There's a little blinker thing, and it's like then I showed another photo. And it's like, ooh, that's interesting. And so yeah, so that's a Raspberry Pi, and it's yeah. an e-ink display. But it's an HDMI e-ink display, and uh, Scott got some CircuitPython bare metal stuff working, and I'm just like, I have a weird screen. I have to like plug it into this because I want to make an e-ink Haiku computer one day. Blah 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 blah. Um, so here, take it away, uh, us when we film this. Okay, lady, uh, what we have here is a Raspberry Pi, and it's running CircuitPython on bare metal, as I say in the biz. And the cool thing about that is you can display things on HDMI screens. But that wasn't good enough for us. We wanted to see if it worked on an e-ink HDMI display. So Lady Ada, take it away. Yeah, so this is um, CircuitPython running native on uh, the BCM2845. I don't remember the part number. Um, and uh, what's cool is the, uh, the frame buffer is actually really easy to write to, apparently. So um, there's two interesting things. One, we connect to the REPL over the USB. So this is actually running in like USB peripheral mode. And that's how we get to the REPL. And then HDMI out is shown here. And as I uh, type things yeah. into the REPL, it will yeah, refresh and appear. Super freaky. So uh, GPIO is coming next. 
So far, so good. All right. And that's Python on Hardware News this week. Yay, Blinka. A lot of cool stuff. I'm, I'm digging the slow but steady progress with the bare, bare metal Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Interpreter. I think, I mean, it's like, it's kind of a ridiculous project, but it's also kind of a, you know. Oh, no, this is going to be one of those weird sleeper hits that we have no idea what people are going to do with it. Yeah. So the fact that, like, you can get a $5 Raspberry Pi Zero 2W, um, I have this little portable projector. Um, the idea that especially a young person could just like start typing in things and learning the code and then make art that's like yeah. that's broadcast uh, that's uh, projected or you can use an ink display. I want to make a haiku thing where you like you learn how to make haikus and then you take the ink display and you just put it on the refrigerator, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because it's like you know demo scene uh, stuff. You know Linuxless development is okay, cool and interesting. Anyways, yeah. we'll see. Everyone wants a Python OS computer. Te what, you know, people you like the Raspberry Pi is the same price. It's cheaper than, you know, it's a, a Raspberry Pi 4 is the same price as an Arduino. Well, okay, let's turn the Raspberry Pi into an Arduino. Yeah. Um, actually, technically, Raspberry Pi W cheaper than an Arduino. So, cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some open source hardware news, um, because we were doing the, the Adabox uh, unboxing last week. Um, congrats to SparkFun. They have Yay! fended off their patent troll. So um, I think they, they've also been subject to the same uh, targeted harassment from um, patent yeah, trolls. Yeah, we've been, we've been harassed. Yeah, we're, we're five for five as far as defeating them, but every single time it sucks. They're so annoying. Um, they lie. Uh, they, they'll, they'll say that they, they've never settled with someone else and they'll try to shake you down. There's all sorts of things, but uh, check it out on the SparkFun website. You can read the article. Uh, Nate posted up a patent troll backs off, and they went through all the different uh, parts of the lawsuit. And uh, I did a little bit of a summary as well. So this is interesting. There is one big question I still have, which is um, ARM sold the chips. They're supposed to indemnify. ARM, ARM should have indemnified. Yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that they won. I'm really glad that Sparkman won. They absolutely deserve to win. And, and tell these people to... They shouldn't even have to deal with this. However, they sh they sh this should have been something that Arm Holding stepped in and said, we indemnify you, we will take care of this, and our legal team will take care of this. That mm. If you're buying chips from a multi-billion dollar intellectual property holding company, it's their responsibility. That's why you're paying, that's and, why you're paying them. And my favorite thing is that you, you posted about this and you said... Is there an indemnification for intellectual property, a patent intellectual no, I, property? No, I emailed ARM. And, and of course, they're like, we don't comment on pending litigation. So you can actually email that because the litigation is no longer pending. Oh, and you know ask what? them. That's a good idea. I'll that's say, hey, idea. it's over. It's are no we, longer pending. Yeah, are you going to, no, that's a good idea. I'll do that. I, it really, it, it drives me nuts because it's, it's this is, you know, we, ha we have had a patent troll come after us and the We've software. Had five that, come after us. Well, but one of them, the software that they were, that they were claiming that we were infringing, we were buying that service from another company and they did indemnify us. And it yeah. was like, why was this startup company able to indemnify us, but ARM Holding did not? Yeah. So I like ARM chips. I would like ARM to... Yeah, and it, what, what are you paying for? Here's the other if thing. you don't get this... We have a lot of friends at ARM and we like them, but you know, ARM is a holding company of sorts and they're made out of lawyers. Their whole and, job is lawyers. And if they want to see All people lawyers. innovate with their blah, chips, blah, 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 blah. this was like an easy opportunity because like... This, this lawsuit was stupid. At, at most, it would have ended up being like $500 because they didn't sell these PC Duino things. They, they didn't sell a ton. So SparkFun's just like, well, all together it'd be like $500 maximum damages, something like that. And so ARM could have had a really easy victory and just said, hey, look, uh, we're ARM, and the chip that 
these folks are saying that uh, you know they have patents on, don't worry about it. And that would be a good thing for the community. And also, I think it would have like, you know, anytime you get this stuff, I'll just say it as someone who runs a business with Lady Ada. When you get this patent troll demand, uh, last year we got one. Uh, it was on uh, April, April 15th. 15th, and it was the highest death day in New York City. And like, you know, tax day. I mean, there was extensions of tax and everything, but. Um, and then you get this letter that says like we want four million dollars and it was so stupid and like they went away But they were they were real jerks about it And it would be great if there was more reform you've asked for patent reform when you got a chance to interview President Obama we've asked for patent reform over and over um, so this is just a good example of something that shouldn't happen and uh, There's a lot of work to be done, but congrats spark fun, and I'm glad you published it um, we're gonna try to publish uh, our fights. Uh, sometimes our lawyers say go for it, and sometimes they say, "Hey, like watch out! Like it doesn't make sense to, to, to publish this one." I, and I understand that, but in general, we would like to we would like to publish because if you shine light on these trolls, maybe they'll go away. All right, so we're an open source hardware company. To prove it, we have 2,568 guides. Lady Ada, what is on the big board? This week. Okay, last week. Well, we didn't have a show last week because we had the unboxing. So from last week's project, Liz did a cool RP2040 data logger, uh, CO2 um, data logger project where uh, she measures CO2 uh, sensor data uh, and humidity and temperature and logs it to a CSV file with uh, date stamping um, thanks to a real-time clock. And uh, Nona Pedro also made uh, the most handy um, prop for Halloween, not if you're cosplaying, um, as a character from Loki, but if you went to a Halloween party and all there was was Loki variants, now you can get a pruning baton and uh, send them off to the void where they belong. Um, next up this week, we had um, the guide for the VL53L1X. Uh, we've added uh, CircuitPython library thanks to Carter. We had the Adabox 20 unboxing thanks to JP. We did the guide for that. Uh, Dylan uh, made this really fun uh, two-for-one project, either for the clue or the mag tag. It um, will auto-generate a different, um, you know, feel-good pep talk <laughs> uh, phrase for you every day based off of, you know, four different lists that it combines. You know, it's like pick A, B, and C, and it, it makes a, a cool um, phrase for you. Uh, the MagTag one, I think it just displays one every day or every hour, and the Clue one, um, you press a button. It's a good example of just some simple Python and how to display text and, and deal with lists. And then um, ready for Halloween, uh, sorry, ready for the holidays, and or uh, the next Spider-Man movie, Noah and Pedro uh, made a Green Goblin pumpkin prop uh, circuit playground ornament. So it looks like um, the prop bombs from um, Spider-Man, uh, the, the Green Goblin, who's returning, um, I hear, in the yeah, new movie. Yeah, for Hollow Thanks Thanksmas. Hollow Thanksmas, and um, you can use a circuit playground blue fruit and a uh, NeoPixel ring to have some cool animations. All right, made New York City factory footage. Take it away, Adafruit Factory.
and it wouldn't be it for New York City Factor footage without a time lapse of the Disney building being built across the street. Our view is almost completely blocked by the mouse. It's 3D printing time. So we have a couple things going on this week because we have uh, a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of mustard. Um, so we're gonna play uh, the video from last week and then a couple speed ups and then uh, we'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up folks? In this project, we're making the time stick from the Disney Plus series, Loki. We designed and 3D printed the sci-fi inspired baton and used a three watt LED to light up the diffuser. Hidden inside the handle are the electronics. So when you move it around, it'll make sounds. The harder you swing, the brighter it gets and the sounds are randomized so it feels more unique and less repetitive. The diffuser is removable, much like a light bulb, you can unscrew it from the assembly. Powered by the Feather M4 and the PropMaker Featherwing, this combo features everything you need to build your next prop with motion-activated lights and sounds. The PropMaker can drive a 3-watt RGB LED and features the LIS3DH accelerometer with a built-in audio amplifier. They're neatly fitted inside the handle with a special holder that can be pulled out. The pommel is also removable and screws onto the bottom of the handle. The prop maker and Feather M4 snap fit together, making this a pretty modular circuit. The parts are 3D printed without any support material, and they can fit on just about any 3D printer. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. Circuit Python makes it easy to make audio-based projects with LEDs and sensors. In the code, the sounds are triggered whenever the accelerometer detects certain thresholds. They're triggered randomly from a list of sounds that are stored on the feather. When designing this project, we wanted it to be easy to access the USB port so folks can still reprogram the board. The feather also features a built-in charging circuit so you can recharge the battery without having to take it apart. With CircuitPython, you can easily program electronics and quickly get your projects up and running. For a full tutorial on building this project, be sure to check out the learn guide on the Adafruit Learning System. We had a lot of fun building this project and hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython. Thanks so much for watching and make sure to subscribe for more 3D printed projects from Adafruit.
little reminder, mid-break show-ish, uh, don't forget the code is CATLAMP, 10% off in the universe store all the way up to probably midnight. Lady, it is time. You ready? Yes. Hi on MPI. Hi on MPI. All right, Lady, this week's INPI is with? Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. It's so. a Californian company. But I, originally, of course, I thought it was... Um, you know, Japanese perhaps, but um, but actually, they I think they just used the Sun Tzu, like Art of War yeah. name to their name, which is cool. Um, but they're a company and they make all sorts of electronic components. In fact, I just bought some uh, crystals from them. Uh, they're the only company that had 32 kilohertz crystals in stock. Yeah. Um, but this week, uh, we're focusing on something I saw on digikey.com slash new, oh, wow. which is... I just noticed something. Their packaging says... You can't... Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, it's part of the secret? Okay. Well, I just noticed it. Okay. Hey, buckle up, folks. This is going to be a great INMPI brought to you by Digikey. No, this is going to be good. Because if you're, I notice you're something... You're ruining it. Not okay. Gonna, no, you're not no one has any idea what I was looking at. Okay. So they make... Uh, they, or, you know, they make foot pedal switches. Um, so this is a rendering of a foot pedal switch. So these are, um, you know, famously used in, um, you know, guitar pedal effect pedals. Um, and this is their, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they have a couple different styles and you can see um, the three styles, there's like different depths of the panel mounting and they're slightly different like tops, like one's kind of flatter and one is kind of rounder. Um, and these are just really, really, really durable panel mount switches. And they're, they're meant for like 100,000 actuations, which is a lot higher than um, a lot of switches. And considering the, like, the abuse that they take, because they are like, you know, they're called stomp boxes. You, you stomp on them with your feet. Um, you can see on the right is, a, uh, is an image of a stomp box. Um, you know, sometimes you have knobs and stuff, but these are used by uh, guitarists. And, you know, their hands are busy. They are, they're playing guitar. And so they can't reach down and, and press a button. You know, sometimes the guitar itself have knobs and stuff, but if you want an external um, filter on it, um, use a distortion pedal or effects pedal or, or a stomp pedal or whatever, stomp box, whatever you want to call it. And um, so these buttons, um, they're durable um, and they will put up a lot of abuse. Compare that with, um, you know, these classic tactile switches. They're, they're basically the same thing, but these little tactile switches have you know, very little, uh, you know, force activation required, maybe 100 uh, uh, gram force. And, um, you know, they're, they're good for like, you know, maybe 50,000 or 10,000, 10, 50,000 activations, but they're definitely not going to be durable. I mean, even an arcade switch, um, you wouldn't want to um, press that with your foot. You know, you would, you would smash the plastic. So you need something metal. Um, and you need something that um, has like a nub that sticks out so your foot can feel it because usually, again, uh, you're wearing shoes, right? So you want something that you can feel that there's a point through your feet because you don't have a lot of sensory feedback through shoes. Um, you know, another, you know, I was thinking like what other times would you use foot activation? Um, so sewing machines, you know, if you've ever used a sewing machine, you know that there are, um, you know, pedals like this one. This is a potentiometer style pedal. Um, that you use your foot with and you can, you know, tilt it. You can't do, you know, you know, some people can do very fine motor control with their feet, but most people, again, they're wearing shoes. So you can do kind of linear motion or pressing. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple other things that were mentioned is, is robotics, um, uh, uh, hospital and medical equipment. Um, sometimes people, you know, they want to turn something on or off or they want to lift or lower a bed. Um, they use foot switches. Um, of course, you know, sewing machines, tattooing machines, apparently, which I was like, oh, obviously, you know, if you're tattooing, 
you want to control whether it's on or off, but your hands are holding skin in the, in the, um, the tattoo gun. And so you would use a, a foot pedal for that as well. So it's, even though these are, you know, they're called guitar pedal um, switches, they're not uh, necessarily just for guitar pedals. And there's a lot of different options in stock. There's ones that are like, pan, you know, they're all panel mount. Some have solder lugs, some are PC mount. Um, the one that I picked out that I'll show you has a, um, a JST XH connector actually, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, did you know that there's actually a whole section on DigiKey called guitar parts and accessories? There is, and there's like 800 parts in it. Go check it out. Um, you know, the, the catalog is still large. You know, I'm used to like oscillators and tactile switches, but um, these are actually under guitar parts. It's, it's a different area than um, switches or, or uh, tactile switches or buttons or whatnot. They're, you know, they're considered a, a different type of uh, user interface. So. Um, I can show it on the overhead before yeah. we go to... Well, let me just say where it's available. It's available on DigiKey. And, and there's lots of stuff. Yeah, and, uh, you know, worth noting, we've been doing this segment uh, with partnership with DigiKey for a while. It's really useful. I, I, I like to think that we're helping people find all the, you know, in the industry it's Yeah, like you MPI. don't think, like, what if you had a foot control button, but it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to look at, again, because it's like these are used for guitar pedals, but they're used for, like, tattooing machines. The, whoever did the tattooing machine, they were probably like, oh, should I put the button on yeah. the tattoo gun? Maybe it's actually like, no, it turned out it right, was a, a better idea to, to have a foot switch. So um, this version, I like that it comes with this little JSTXH because it means it's user replaceable. Nice. Um, it's polarized. And um, yeah, it's got you know the two, two panel mount um, it's lugs. It's sturdy. Very thick uh, panel mounting area. Um, and I like that it's like you can panel mount between the two, so it's like it can be offset. And then, you know, this has, you know, maybe it's 500 gram force, maybe a little bit more. Um, and it's on the bottom, it says, can do up to uh, six amps, 125 volts. It's got the Sunsu logo. And um, it is a marketplace product. Can you go back one just to show? So this is uh, the first time we've uh, highlighted something um, oh, can you go back one more because maybe it's more readable. Um, this is the first time we've highlighted something that's a marketplace product, which means it's not shipped from DigiKey. It's actually shipped from Sunsu, and they are in America. Um, so you'll get it pretty fast. It's just, uh, you know, get it in like three days instead of overnight. And it came with this really cool packaging, yeah. Sunsu, which has the special message for you. They're helping tech companies create kick-ass products. Yeah, I saw, well, when, and this is what I saw over there. I'm just like, whoa, that, that's cool. That this is cool packaging. Yeah, like that's a cool thing to put on there. This Why is actually some you? of the nicest packaging I've seen for electronic components. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm thinking, I was thinking of showing this to you also because this could be like inspirational because I like, yeah. it's only spot color, but it looks, they did a really nice job. Whoever designed this packaging over at Sunsu, by the way, uh, they, did, they did good. I know, I know what good looking packaging that's easy to use and affordable looks like, and this is it. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, they also make great uh, foot switches. All right, that's there on MPI. on MPI. All right, we still have a bunch ahead, so let's just Kay. go right into new products. You ready? All right. <laughs> I can't wait till we get a copyright strike from Lamour singing something too close. For, I, for me, I am, I'm going to have the copyright strike against yeah. myself. All right, so first up, 
first up, um, you wanted this. Uh, this is pretty handy. A lot yes. of people have USB-C laptops, and they want to read. Well, you know, now there's the um, new MacBooks that have a micro oh, SD SD slot. But if you have an older computer, uh, plug this in. So the, this one is. It's a little bit more expensive than most, but it's high speed. It's it's not the yeah. old slow, you know, slow speed USB 2.0. It's like whatever USB C speed. Um, it'll be as fast as the SD card lets you write, and that's very handy when you're burning yeah. a lot of uh, Raspberry Pi SD cards. So I like this. Um, of course, it goes either way. It has a little keychain. Um, it's nice and durable, um, and it's fast. Yeah. All right, next up. Next up, this is from Elki. Um, they make uh, soldering kits and. My whole thing now is if I'm going to have a soldering kit, first of all, it has to look really cool. It has to be something that you want to keep after the fact. So this is a yeah. beautifully designed Art Deco cat kit. Um, it's and it's break-apart PCBs that you solder together, and you solder together the big tabs to hold the thing together. And then there is a little bit of circuitry you can see in the middle. This is what it looks like. Um, you get the PCB, and then you, know, you, you, you break it apart. Uh, here's another good image. So you can see the whole, the whole kit is, is quite nice. Um, so you do need soldering iron, um, diagonal cutters, and yeah. uh, solder to put it together. I agree, because a lot of soldering kits, it's like, okay, now I just have a green square. Yeah, yeah, yeah green square. This is but like, this now is really you have a cat lamp. It's really, this is so beautiful. Um, they did a really lovely job. It's got a little bit of, you know, it's a little, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like, you know, an art deco uh, kimono design. Um, so you've got these beautiful gold elements here and flowers. And then um, this cute cat, and then there's a uh, sensor. Wait, there's an on-off switch, which I really like, so you can turn it on or off. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets dark, um, this LED turns on. So it's a very simple little lamp, um, but I think it's a it's a beautiful first soldering kit. And if you're going to put together a soldering kit, um, mm -hmm. this one is very elegant and nice, and you'll enjoy having it on your desk. It's Here, it's I'll, quite beautiful. Hold it up so you can see how big Whoa. it is in uh, sorry in uh, the hands, and then then the. Uh, one second, sorry. Uh, the just... Next to humans, so hold. hold okay. La. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's desk sized. It's like you know the size of a coffee cup or so, um, and it's very simple put together, but it's uh, it's very beautiful. So um, they did a really good job, and I think um, it's a really nice gift. It's a good like a, this is a good stocking stuff. We should add it to our yeah. gift guides for stocking stuff. Add it now because like who knows what's going to happen in December. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, we have. The Pico system. Okay, so Pimeroni, um, they worked really hard on this for a really long time, and they finally um, have come out with um, their handheld gaming system based on the RP2040. Um, and uh, this is it's really well made. It's really beautiful with an anodized aluminum case and a rechargeable battery, and it's got the RP2040 inside. It's a dual-core uh, Cortex-M0 chip. Um, got a D-pad. It's got a piezo speaker. It's got the four buttons. 240 by 240, uh, I think 1.3 inch IPS screen. Um, it's just really beautiful. It's got a little uh, buzzer to make noise. So maybe let's go to the uh, overhead. You can show this off. So the idea behind this is that you'll actually uh, program it in um, MicroPython. Uh, there is a CircuitPython build, although the, the tutorials and the, the graphical system um, designed for it is in MicroPython. Um, and you can, you know, program sprites and, and sound effects and stuff. It's definitely got like, you know, it's, it's 240 by 240, so it's a square display. It's got a real Pico 8 feel to it. Um, you know, I actually started writing a long time ago a Pico 8 parser for Arduino, so it would be interesting if somebody, I wanted to pick that up and, and finish porting it. 
Um, but it's really beautiful. It got this, uh, you know, routed PCB on the top and um, a strong anodized aluminum case on off and then programming and recharging over USB-C. So it's, it's really adorable. Um, I think, you know, this is one of the nicest, you know, handheld DIY gaming platforms. It's definitely um, small and cute, um, but comfortable to play. Um, you know, they got the nice rounded corners down here. And a little bit of the, the Pi Gamer. Hopefully they, they, were, they learned something from my design for the Pi Gamer. Um, they got the, the same kind of low, uh, you know, sm small radius here, low radius here. For it's, it's very handy to hold. And uh, they figured out how to do the D-pad and buttons, which is something that uh, is it, quite challenging. Um, but, you know, with, with really good machining, you can um, make a very usable um, control interface. So you want to learn how to code games. Um, you want it to be in color. You don't need a crank. Recommend the Pico system. All right, next up. And speaking of Raspberry Pi stuff, the next round. There's a lot of Raspberry Pi stuff. So here we go. Okay, so Raspberry Pi build hat. So we actually talked about this before, but now it's in stock. So this uh, hat fits on top of the Raspberry Pi and um, lets you um, control the latest generation of Mindstorms, robotics, and sensors. It's got four ports. The power supply, we don't have the official power supply in stock yet, but we do have a power supply that can be like, it's adjustable, it can be dialed to eight volts. Um, and plugged in so you can you know, use the, the Adafruit uh, power supply if you want to get this build hat. And then control Lego robots. It's kind of interesting because um, you know, the, whatever protocol and interface, they've written a Python library and they've co collaborated with um, Lego to make sure it's compatible and they've got the right connector. So I think if you want to make you know, your Lego robotics but like do a lot more with it, maybe even make it internet connected, use the Raspberry Pi camera, do machine learning and TensorFlow, you can actually do that now because there's this Python library that you can interface instead of trying to, you know, trying to do whatever you want with the official Lego controller, which is wonderful, but it's just not as programmable as a Raspberry Pi, not as flexible. Okay, next up. Okay, next up, um, this is the Pi Cam. This is a really interesting, you know, this is a, a kind of a single serving product, but the thing it does is it's quite useful. So you program, uh, you can plug in a um, Raspberry Pi for um, compute module onto the back. So this is the compute module here, the Raspberry Pi 4 compute module. And this one happens to have Wi-Fi and uh, flash memory, but it you know, doesn't necessarily be, it can be any of them. And then you bolt this on and then you can connect a camera on. And it, that's kind of all it does. You get the power and USB debug port. So you can load, you know, the MMC flash, um, but it's really just meant to hold a camera and you can make little camera projects that are the power of Raspberry Pi 4. So again, good for machine learning or TensorFlow or um, you know, detection stuff where you want to have IoT projects that use camera, maybe um, make a webcam or um, detect something and then maybe read some sensor data, you know, who knows? Um, that is a good use for this project because there is the IO control board for the, the compute module, but it's just massive. Uh, maybe you don't need that. Maybe you need something a little bit smaller. So this is nice and compact. I have kind of a large um, cable here, but of course you can have a much smaller FPC cable if you want this to be a compact package. It doesn't come with the camera in the compute module. You have to add that. So this is just the adapter board. Okay, and then uh, start of the show tonight, you, Lady Ada, besides uh, our team, our community, our customers, and our staff, and everyone working behind the scenes, is the Raspberry Pi W2. Yes. Oh, you know, I was like, during the break, I was supposed to put some, well, I'm going to put a couple in stock. If you're watching this live, 
Um, oh yeah. So in about five, what, when we go to the next video, I'll, I'll quickly yeah. put. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this, and then when we start to line up stuff for. Uh, when I play videos for Top Secret, I'll play yeah. two back to back. Then I'll go and I'll yeah. Do it. So these are about to go in the store. We saved just a few. I just saved a couple for the live show for right the live now. Show They'll watching. be gone instantly. Yeah. So get ready. Um, okay. So the pie, pie. Okay, but if you're not watching live, um, they're probably not in stock because uh, we sold out very quickly. So yeah. the Pi Zero Two W, uh, which came out last Thursday at 2 a.m., so we were up late. Um, you know, this chip basically has the form factor of the Pi Zero, so it has the same. You know, two micro USB ports, can do gadget mode, has HDMI, has the micro SD, has a little camera slot, has a 2x20 GPIO. It fits in all the camera, it's in all the cases for the Raspberry Pi Zero, but it has the computational power of the Pi 3B Plus. So it's a quad core processor. Um, it's got, I think, 512 megabytes of RAM. And of course, the, you know, the memory is whatever. Um, micro SD card slot, you know, you, whatever you can fit inside. And it's got, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and it's under a tin, so that it can be uh, more easily integrated into products that need a shielded, um, you know, Wi-Fi for FCC or CE compliance. Um, but basically, it's like you want a Raspberry Pi that's about—it's like five, six times faster than the Pi Zero um, W, and it's about the same price. This is a great upgrade, and I'll say, you know, uh, if you're watching this in around two. 2021, um, there aren't going to be Pi Zeros for quite a bit. Um, you know, there's there's a silicon shortage, and I think they're focusing a lot on trying to get the Pi Fours out. Um, but if you do want a Pi Zero, uh, this version of the Pi Zero is probably going to be the one that's you know going to be replacing the old, you know, zero one W and the zero one, which you know most people do want Wi-Fi. They do want more computational power. So, you know, 15 bucks is a really great deal. It's basically a Pi Two, but or Pi 3 B plus, but really small. Yeah. Um, and of course it works with all of our CircuitPython libraries and it's great for, um, you can do some very, not like super TensorFlow, but you can do some basic machine learning on it as well. All right, that's new products. Yay, new, 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 new. Okay, I'm gonna quickly put that. Yeah, stuff. so here's what we're gonna do. Okay. Um, first I'm gonna say cat lamp, because this lamp. is fun. I like lamp. Um, so we're going to do top secret, and I'm going to play two videos, so you have exactly two minutes. I'm going to go. I'll be and back. then uh, we'll start to do some questions. All right, go, go, go. I'm going to go. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I am doing my final tests on the ESP32-S2 Feather that I designed. I finally got the modules with PSRAM built in, uh, so that makes it really good for use with CircuitPython or Arduino, got, get that extra PSRAM. So what I'm doing is I'm testing it against all my different Feather wings to make sure uh, they work, you know, the Ada Logger, with the OLED, all that. And uh, one of the tests I'm doing is with the RGB Matrix Feather wings. So this allows uh, it to plug into, uh, you know, these nice RGB matrices. So this demo um, is actually a CircuitPython demo uh, that connects to GitHub and gets the number of stars for CircuitPython and then um, displays it onto the matrix. So we've got 2,631 stars. And uh, it's, you know, it's pretty fast. What I like about having the native uh, Wi-Fi is it can connect to the internet and get data in uh, just a couple seconds. So, so far working so good. I'm going to order this hardware real soon. Cool. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm making more STEMIQT boards. Um, I did get a big shipment of ATtiny817s, which means I can make these STEMIQT to um, sensor breakouts. So this is a slide potentiometer 
to I2C converter board, and there's four NeoPixels. Now, you know, my controllers have ADCs, so, you know, you may not need a board like this to convert it to I2C, but a single board computer like a Raspberry Pi or an Onion Pi or, you know, whatever Linux machine often don't have ADCs. And so if you want to add just like one or two slide pots, this could be a really easy plug and play way to do it because you just do it over I2C, plug and play, and then you get the analog reading. So this is the board and you can see those nice NeoPixels underneath. I'm testing it with a Metro Mini and I'm programming it over UDPI with a uh, USB to serial converter. And these are the values. Looking good. Ready to ship. Alright, so we got a few things here. What's this? Okay. Uh, so I finally got around to redesigning all those boards that were uh, based off of the um, SAMD09 that were like StevQT user interface stuff. So this is the Neo Slider, which you saw. It's a uh, 75 millimeter slide pitch jammer with some NeoPixels underneath it, and it's controllable over I2C, which is very handy um, if uh, you don't have analog inputs or you just want to make a simple user interface. And then this is the tester that goes with it. It's what the tester looks like. Yeah. And then uh, we had another thing. I think this is from the week before. Yeah, I just kind of put together this quick uh, breakout. I fit everything on the Stemma QT board for the PAJ7620. It's a gesture sensor. Oh, I'll try it out. And in case you didn't see it, because you know we've had uh, AdaBox unboxing. And a lot going on. We've been publishing a lot. A lot we we have um, a series of pink PCB boards um, that we're going to be releasing. Yeah, I want to redo the Feather M4. I mean, it might be purple. I don't know if it's going to be pink, but maybe yeah. it'll be pink. Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of different colors, but one of the first ones we're leading with is uh, pink. Yeah. So I wanted to redo the Feather M4. Um, one thing is we we actually ended up, you know, the Silicon Charger ended up with a lot of SAMD 51J20s. Um, and we used a J19 on the Feather M4, and I was like, ah, you know, if I'm going to upgrade the chip, I, I should just actually do a little bit of a upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. So, you know, I updated the amount of flash, and I put a stomach UT port, and there's a button on the end. And then I was like, on the bottom, let's put a, um, you know, micro SD slot. So, you know, there's a lot going on here, um, but I think it's a nice little upgrade. You know, people really like the Feather M4, and I was like, what could I do to make it even better? That's top secret. Okay, so I put in about 60 of the Pi Zero 2Ws. If you do get a Pi Zero 2W, uh, please pick up something else, like a case or something, because we, uh, we basically sell the 2 zero nice. at, at cost. And, so uh, you know, they're not, nice. they're not part of the discount thing, so cat lamp is the code. Yeah, still pick up a power supply stuff. or a case or, or other SD, stuff. SD cell, whatever. Okay, or cat so, lamp, get a cat so lamp. Uh, put your questions on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord or discord.gg slash adafruit. Join all 31,000 of us. Let's uh, do the questions, lady. Okay. I have a couple lined up. Okay. We've got a couple minutes of questions. Yeah, we got through everything tonight, I yeah, think. Yeah, okay, yeah. so first up, uh, someone's asking about the ESP32 Huzzah Feather and the Matrix Feather Wing. Are there specific requirements that would prevent it, incidentally? What prompted making a separate wing for the NRF52? Yeah, there are requirements for pins. Like they have to be, you know, sometimes they have to be in order or they have to be. Um, on the same bus. I don't know that if the ESP32 Feather would work. I try it. Um, we have we just haven't gotten around to it, and I don't know if Protomatter has any requirements. I mean, try it out. Use oscilloscope. See if the signals come out. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Would a PR be accepted at CircuitPython for an ESP32 board? 
uh, oops, it's just got edited. Uh, for ESP32 board to natively use the Adafruit peripheral libraries, or would that only be accepted for ESP32 S2 boards that have native USB? So instead, should I try to compile my own CircuitPython firmware? We we don't have ESP32 non S2 support anyways. You won't. I mean, you can try to submit support, but you know we would probably be using the the Bluetooth. Um, method of, of interfacing. So what I would do is actually open up a, a draft PR and then you'll get comments on it. Okay, uh, the Riz Brothers prop maker based projects, example, the time stick always use M4 Express. Can I use the more affordable RP2040 Feather? You can. Um, the reason they like the M4 for props is because it has a true DAC and so your audio is gonna sound a lot better. Uh, the RP2040 uses a PWM DAC, um, PWM for audio, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't sound as good, to be honest. Um, so that's what you're going to, that's the main reason. Okay, I'm going to paraphrase this one. So we have an Adafruit daily thing where you can sign up for, for electronic tips. And one of them says, transistor current ratings and data sheets can be deceptive. Never rely on marketing material and do your own thermal calculations. Correct. And, and yeah. it says, it seems to equate that data sheets cannot be trusted. What gives? No, I mean, it's not that they can't be trusted. You just you you may not know what they're saying. Um, being able to read and understand data sheets and transistor specs um, is dependent on you being a skilled engineer and with a lot of experience, which you may not be. You may be a beginner or you might be just a maker and you're, you're trying to pick the right transistor. Um, what they're saying is just because it's a five amp transistor does not mean you can put five amps through it. That five amp rating might be dependent on you having active cooling or um, you know a, a certain you know, gate source voltage or a threshold voltage. So it, you can use it as a guideline, but it doesn't, it's, it's not a promise, right? Based, based on your situation, you have to know as an engineer whether your materials are specced the way you need to for your particular design. Okay, next up. Um, a lot of folks don't know this, this is more of a statement, that you, about the pi, about the zero two, you can disable cores to save energy. Yes, you can, you can also underclock it. Okay. Next up, uh, someone has a light rocket motor igniter for about 10 amps. What relay feather wing should I use? Ooh, use the big one. For 10 amps, even though it's a low voltage, get the big chunky uh, relay feather wing. They meant uh, 12 volts. I don't know if that matters. If it's 12 volts and 12 amps, then yeah, I would still use the big, the big chunky yeah. one. 10 amps is a lot. Hey, Bob. I'm stopping the chat. Say hi to Bob. Okay, next up, let me see if there's any more. Uh, Scott's answering some questions for the CircuitPython. Uh, question before, some people are saying, trust but verify, read the fine print. No, and it's not It's not trust but verify it, or read the fine print. It's it's your your requirements may not meet the data sheet test specifications. That's all. Yeah. Take it from someone who's lived a life. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you're buying clothing and you're like, I'm a size eight. It's like, if you're buying clothing online, you know that eight is probably where you want to start, but you might want to try the size below and above, right? It's like, it, it depends a little bit. Just because they say it's size eight doesn't, it, it depends, some people's bodies are different. All right, um, and then, so this was in the chat earlier, um, and I'll, I'll talk about it briefly, and then we'll wrap up the show. So McMaster Car has snacks on their site. You can order snacks, because okay. you know, they, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, they have they like Gatorades, you know? Someone said, you know, Adafruit should have that. So here's the thing, so. Um, Shipping foods, Pain. Oh, I'm not going to even get to that part. Um, so, you know, once in a while, people see a charge on their card, and it gets automatically moved. Sometimes the, their, their banking uh, things have it in categories. So it says Adafruit, yeah. so it says grocery. Yeah. And there was a bunch of startups that were, like, trying to help people, like, manage their finances. And no matter what, 
Adafruit stuff would go in. And these were engineers who were like trying this like startup service. Yeah. And so we would always say, hey, can you like make sure it goes into like, you know, what the person wants, which is like R&D or like whatever. But um, they, sometimes uh, when people wouldn't recognize your charge, they would call and it goes to my phone number and they say, hey, what is Adafruit? And I would say, oh, we do electronics and everything. And they would say, but it says fruit. What, it, what does it have to do with fruit? And I'm like, well, have you ever heard of Apple? And they're like, yeah, like, you know, I have an iPhone and everything. I'm like, they sell zero apples. And I'm like, then there's other people. I'm just like, have you ever bought a Raspberry Pi? And they're like, oh, yeah, the little computer. I'm just like, well, those are also pies. And there's also Blackberry. And there's a whole yeah. menagerie of... Uh, non-edible like cornucopia, electronics. Yeah, yeah. cornucopia of uh, non-edible electronics. Um, and so I don't think we would sell food. However... Um, we do like fruit. <laughs> Fruit's good. All right. So, let's, let's, uh, that's our show. Oh, sorry. I thought it was more. There's no more product. That, that, that was it. Okay, great. That was everything. Is there anything you want to no. do now? Okay. No, 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 no. I was, all right. That's sometimes our, there's so more questions. That's our questions. Okay. We got them all. All right. That's our show for tonight. Um, okay. Thank you, everyone. Um, oh, cool. Uh, someone just helped out with a big free UPS order. The Pi Zero clenched the checkout. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Lady Ada. Great. Yes. Um, so pick them up because we only put in like fifty. Yeah. So special thanks to everyone doing stuff behind the scenes, all of our team members this week, all of our customers. Thanks for keeping us in business. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do all the things this week unless all of you do what you do, which is be part of this cool community. And uh, you know, once in a while, pick up a kit. Thanks. Um, here is your moment of Zener, and we'll see everybody next week. We just spent a lot of money on that that crow makeup. <laughs> no, we didn't. It was like three dollars. Yeah. Luckily, right. I had some electrical tape. It was like one tape. pie zero. Yeah. I got to take off this Phil costume later tonight. Okay. I'll okay. see you all later. Bye. That was your moment of Zena.